Welcome to probing. Welcome to probing deeper for March 2022, where we are doing our review discussion of Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. Ten, 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 ten. Which you you could still do the voice effect on the board because <laughs> it's the uh, the aliens. It's the <clears throat> you turn the sound effects up. Oh, that's but, right. Well, you don't have to. It's too late. We did a good job. Uh, I can do little reactions. Or there you go. <laughs> you have the power to decide if it's good or bad. Uh, yeah, welcome to a very last minute, as usual, record before I go <laughs> on this little, the thousandth wedding trip of the last couple years uh, on a plane. Everyone um, loves a wedding, Joe. Yeah, I mean, your guys' seems very convenient because it was only right. <laughs> an hour and a half away in a car and you have to check bags and Hauling, hauling suits, and in this case, Sarah has a massive ball gown that she has to bring. Uh, is she a bridesmaid? No, no bridesmaids, no groomsmen. Um, but she is doing a lot of like she kind of acted like the maid of honor because the this couple is already married. Mm. So they did a courthouse marriage like a year ago, and wanted to wait until COVID was safe enough to have uh, the enough full people blow, gather blowjob event. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have to, uh, I have to bring a tux because it's black tie on the wedding. Uh, so I had to rent a fryer tux tux. I thought it was have black bring, tie. <laughs> uh, have to bring a suit on my normal suit. Uh, like I wore to your wedding for the cock, right. the, the, <laughs> the cock party, yeah. uh, or the rehearsal dinner, which were Top not buttons part only part of, but, uh, yes. Oh yes. The tux lady was very, very adamant about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I was about to say, well, but, and then I just stopped and said, okay, cool. And just did it. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, wearing a classic, just a very basic classic black tux. Uh, this is an, a very East coast wedding. She's marrying a, a New York, um, kind of, I don't know, old family, but new money kind of Freemason. It's very like, it's very like, like, I think her, the husband's family is kind of like wannabe Ivy League or something. Like, mm. I don't know, but uh, oh, they went to Brown or some shit. Not uh, the true Georgetown is where she went, and I think yeah, he went there too, and that's how they met. But uh, um, or as what's his face says in Disney's Pocahontas, James Town. Right. Uh, that's all I remember from that movie. <laughs> yeah, paint with all the colors of the wind of so, the wind. Oh, and also, <laughs> uh, I'm with both eyes open. See twice as good shoot twice as good or whatever right Mel Gibson tells the other dude that gets shot or whatever uh how to shoot better but uh yeah and he says he wishes his wife would get raped by a pack of wires <laughs> <laughs> uh it is true though I uh one of the one of the many ways that I outshot Pino having not shot a gun since I was 12 and I was in my 30s uh because he got me a gun for come on down to the range Joe it, it'll be so <laughs> nice <laughs> Try something different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the spa and the gun rage? Yeah, what the fuck? Um, Just blow your brains out, Joe. It'll be so nice. Try something different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never wake up again. Call it Putin's roulette. Uh, Putin's gamble. <laughs> uh, 
but uh i was like he was like oh you're shooting with both your eyes open huh? i was like well yeah i want depth perception like i don't want to just fucking like i don't you know and plus you know shooting in fucking video games i'm not shooting down even if i'm shooting down the barrel in a first person shooter i'm not using my fucking one eye like an idiot so right um thank you mel gibson playing john smith in the animated movie <laughs> Save my life. Save my life because I did kill my father that night. Yes, uh, it was nice, Joe. That's why I now speak as if I'm from this other place. <laughs> I've reincarnated as Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I was alive when Bino was alive, but he's now become me. <laughs> like you said, I was alive when that Bino was alive. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a perfect um, antacid and great pill to take when you have yes. too much bean so you don't <laughs> get the farts. <laughs> Hey, Bino, a Pino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fall, your, de- your dad's a fat pill. Hell. Let's do bed, son. Come here. I love you. <laughs> 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 Sounds like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but uh, yeah. Do you know they have a Huntington Beach here, too? <laughs> <laughs> the waves are pretty much the same, too. I never surf, but they look just as tasty here to me. <laughs> But the sun sets um, away from it. Yeah, on the, the sun sets in China, but on the west coast, it sets in <laughs> Japan. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> right next to each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two different sides of the world. Two different nations. Yes, totally different. Two different dads on two different coasts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coastal dad. <laughs> By <Yeah>. coastal dad. <laughs> Sounds like very postmodern porno. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like on, one of those videos you stole from Pino. On, yeah, on whatifitrips.com. Uh, They're a big sponsor of the site. A lot of affiliate dollars. Um, but uh, yeah, just got home from therapy, did a pretty uh, intense brain spotting session. Um, I'm starting to see, I didn't talk about it last time, but I'm, I'm starting to have very interesting... Uh, beyond any normal meditation that I've done at home, because I'll do sometimes I'll do meditation closed eyed. Um, other times I will have a some sort of object like a you know a candle, a flame, or something to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and I've I've gotten to like a twenty percent maybe of what I start seeing, uh, and it's different. It's been different the last couple times, but uh, it's very strange. Like uh, I'm having like visual anomalies start to happen. I feel like I'm in this like hypnagogic state and brain spotting is a very, for those that don't know, it's like a very new, um, it's kind of like a next level of EMDR, which I've talked about before. Steve is in it as well. Uh, but, uh, EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And so it's, uh, it's, you're either kind of tapping or listening to binaural beats or you're having vibrating, uh, wristbands that like, you know, it's, it's all pinging your left and right side of your body. Cause that starts pinging the left and right side of your brain lobes, which then creates the parasympathetic response in your brain, which is what your brain and eyes do when you're sleeping and dreaming. And again, which is why you can have a horrible nightmare, uh, of, you know, fucking babies dying and this and that, whatever, but you wake up feeling refreshed cause you got your eight and a half hours sleep. Whereas if you saw that in real life, you would be in a corner fucking, you know, weeping and freaking out or whatever. Right. So, or yeah, cranky then getting horny if you're a sociopath, but, um, uh, but there it's, you know, it's a therapy that's recreating that it started in like the eighties and nineties to get like heroin addicts off of drugs because the, they were like, well, we're just, we're just kind of band-aiding the addiction. We should get to the trauma 
uh, and reprocess the trauma of why they got addicted to hard drugs in the first place, right? And started, you know, thinking so shittily of themselves that they decided to like throw their body away, basically. So, uh, and on soldiers, you know, veterans and stuff too. So, uh, brain spotting is like the kind of, it's a very similar thing, but you're kind of, uh, you know, the, the therapist has a, a little wand, uh, with like a white, you know, it's like a wand that a professor would point to the, the, you know, chalkboard with or something. And you have a traumatic memory that you're focusing on and you're, you know, sensing the feeling in your body of it. So if you have like, if you have anxiety, like if, if it is anxiety or stress or whatever, and you hold that in your stomach, or if you feel your throat closing up or some people feel their chest tightening or things like that, you're focusing on that feeling. And she's kind of like, you're, you know, she or he or therapist is moving the, the wand into the different, like a, a basically a square uh, left, you know, left, upper, upper left, lower left, upper right, lower right, middle, you know, upper, lower, whatever. And there is a spot where that feeling, when you think of that memory is the strongest. And then you basically hold your eyes there. You keep your head centered. You hold your eyes there. Uh, and she's guiding you to think about the incident. Um, and, uh, or, you know, the, you know, it's usually an image, right? The, the incident of what happened that, uh, you can't stop thinking about, you're obsessing about it was traumatic. And then you're literally just breathing and staring at it and letting whatever feelings, you know, happen and then she's looking still for those uh rapid eye movements left and right for that parasympathetic response and then if it stops whenever it stops she will kind of stop and check in with you or you know whatever and uh uh, but uh basically what what you're doing is tapping into the part of the brain the side of the brain the area where this memory is which is affecting your physical body, which is how the memory, bad memories can keep fucking with you and stressing you out and making you feel anxious or sick or whatever. And you have to sit with it for like however long your session is, you know, like this case, it was about a half hour, but it's interesting because as you're, you're, you're just breathing deeply and things like that and staring at one spot, which is, you know, it's difficult to do. We're so, we have such low attention spans and things like that. But, uh, the last couple times I've done it, the, the light in the room starts kind of fading away. I start seeing uh, kind of what people describe when they're on LSD or uh, she literally said after today, she's like, she's like, I have a client, a male client who has been doing a lot of gay in the dog world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's done multiple DMT trips. Mm. And he says that the things that he sees in the really deep brain spotting sessions are almost identical to what he sees in the DMT trips. Mm. Um, obviously though, he has more control over what he's seeing here because he's in more of a hypnagogic state as opposed to a, uh, you know, a chemically induced pineal gland opening thing. But, um, but starting to see the, the, you know, the colors fade, which is strange because your eyes are open. Uh, and she assures me, she's like, your eyes are not like, sometimes it almost seems like what the light starts to look like when you're, as you close your eyes and your eyelashes start filtering out some of the light until you eventually fully close your eye, but that's not what's happening. And last time the wand started changing shape and looked like mm-hmm. it was moving. Um, and then this time that also happened in a different way, but it was very strange. It was as if somebody took a snapshot of what I was seeing. So all the, you know, the furniture, she has like a computer desk and a chair and this and whatever from my view. Uh, and the wand was on, I was looking at my right kind of lower middle quadrant. She was sitting there holding it out to her left. And, uh, the, 
it was as if all of the um like someone turned took photoshop and a screenshot of the room and put the contrast uh i think it's the contrast it's more like the the or like hdr where the the white the white shine of any light that was in the room like the highlights got super bright and almost neon looking and all the dark parts got extra dark so i was kind of seeing this strange outline of things that seemed again like i was looking at a weird photoshop of real life and mm-hmm. uh, i've never seen that in my waking life ever or in a dream or anything too and it was it was contiguous until she would check in with me every few minutes and i wouldn't lose it completely but as soon as i went back to just breathing it it was like i'd focus in the the wand would start changing shapes again and I, obviously there was a billion connections i made to things in my body was feeling different things but uh which i could you know talk about for an hour in itself but it was the the visual stuff it's, it's very interesting and it's like all i can think about afterwards is like because it's so calming and feels so real it's like i just want to get back to that place you know mm-hmm. and i know i'm sounding very uh new agent if if i was hearing myself like nine or ten years ago i would be saying like i'm full of shit or it's just this or whatever but um but uh it's really interesting and it's and it's like it's so strange. Like, I don't know if you remember, I mean, you've seen it before, but like in like hell your season two, they have Carl Pfeiffer sit down with that hyp- hypno hypnotherapist dude. And like at a certain point, she started asking me some questions and I had that kind of like, I guess so like kind of just that very no emotion, not dead inside, but just kind of a little like pondering, like there's no, there's no baggage. There's no anything on top of it. I'm just like, purely listening and answering these questions you know it's very Mm -hmm. strange um but i don't feel hypnotized i still feel like me but uh and then weird things would happen where i would feel super relaxed but then i would realize later that i was like uh kissing myself (laughs) come everywhere uh i was pinching my with my right hand the first two fingers of my left hand like pretty hard but i was not feeling that uh for like a couple minutes and then I went back in again and then I realized like I was like hunching and clenching my arms. But Mm -hmm. again, it's so strange because I I felt like she would ask me, she's like, how is your body? I'm like, I feel completely loose and relaxed. And then as soon as I kind of came up a little bit out of it, I was like, Oh, I'm clenching the shit out of my arms. And I would just relax again. It's very strange. It's got the clench. (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway, but uh, it's uh, uh, very fascinating. Um, And I asked her, I was like, can I, do this at home like recreate this she's like you can but a lot of times your brain without somebody else there kind of like again with you're like gonna chase it yourself yeah you gotta well, like it's more about guide. safety like right. if you your brain if you're alone in your house and you're like oh cool i'm gonna lay down i'm gonna do some of my own brain spotting or whatever uh she's like you can try it's not gonna hurt you but you might start to associate with like frustration because your brain isn't gonna fully usually let go unless you're like very well practiced at it. She's like, your brain isn't going to let go because you're alone in the house. Every little crack bump thing, you're going to, you're going to just be even subconsciously alert. Whereas when you have somebody else there creating an environment for you, it's like, again, if you had a bunch of moron beavis and butthead style friends who are like, here, take this fucking, take this bag of shrooms. And then you start freaking out. It's going to be a bad trip. Right. But if you have people that are cool and mature, they're like, Hey, this is this guy's first time we're all going to be here. Don't worry. You're not actually flying off a cliff or something, you know, stuff like that. It'll probably set you up for more success than you're at a fucking raging party with, uh, you know, living a fucking nightmare. You can't get out of on LSD or something. So, 
Um, I will say though, too, and maybe that's what the DMT guy saw, but the whole weird kind of white purple neon outline of everything that was, that was bright definitely seemed like the way certain movies and stuff will portray a guy tripping out on acid. Mm-hmm. So, um, but definitely not any, there was no fear or anything like that. It was very, very relaxing. It's very weird, but, um, uh, interesting stuff for me anyway. Um, I've started wearing compression socks oh. for diabetes <laughs> for my diabetes. No, I have the bulging, um, like thick varicose veins in my like calf and my dad had them. My brother mm. has it. I have them. And it is those things where it just gets painful and just either sitting oh, or wow. standing too long. Um, you can feel it. Oh, wow. Uh, so and I'm on aches. the standing desk. It, yeah, it just like throbs and it's kind of sore. Oh, weird. Don't um, you have, I thought you had like a big burn scar on your leg. I got that too. Separate? I got oh, that too. Okay. And it's actually right where one of the big veins ends. So oh, okay. quite a coinky dink. Um, but yeah, so I started testing out wearing just compression socks Another throughout the day. Like I an old for my vein. dad inadvertently was where yeah. the vein ends. <laughs> where the burn starts and the vein ends. Um. So yeah, started testing out just kind of wearing those throughout the day. So I've been feeling, I think I feel better. Okay. It's only That's been good. a couple of days in, so we'll Was see. Was that we'll like doctor see. recommended or do you use kind of WebMD? Um, just, yeah, I've heard people say that and even seen billboards like your varicose veins making your legs sore. And I'm like, oh, actually, mm. they kind of are. So I did a little bit of research. So self uh Didn't think i thinking of that question seriously until I was like 68 or older. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, or ever or care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Are those the same compression socks from our... Um, Istanbul and Germany trip. Yes. I, well, I did think about that. I'm like, wait, I do own a pair. I have zero idea where they are because I was two or three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just bought a rant. Well, I bought like a nicer set for like softball and disc golf and stuff. Right, plus right. a knee thing. Cause my left knee has been achy as well. Mm. Uh, but then I bought like a cheaper, whatever pack on Amazon for the uh, daily grind. Got it. Uh, I, so uh, speaking of leg pain, I did. Um, I, w- I was trying to not be the dumb guy who hasn't done strength training in a long time and then like goes hand like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I, and I didn't think I was, but, uh, only, only today have I not been dad grunting as I sit up and down because I think it mm. was Thursday or Friday. Cause I've been meaning to like, since like, you know, not that it's like a resolution, but again, I'm like in the new year, I want to get back to not doing the fucking hour and a half kettlebell workouts I was doing and just starting to not enjoy because it was too much of a grind. Yeah. Uh, like I was enjoying the benefits, but was not, but then also I just started getting more active anyway. Right. Right. I was right, just right, right. field working more. Uh, COVID was like relaxing. I was doing martial arts two or three times a week again. So I was having more fun just being active instead of fucking just doing these, yeah, you know, three or four out. time a week, like strength training slogs with the kettlebells. But uh, so I was like, I'm just going to focus on for a, lo- a long time on just mostly core core and leg exercise. Like I'm not going to do too much upper body stuff. Uh, that was kind of the least fun for me. And I'm doing a lot of that with the martial arts and whatever, too. I might get back into it. I don't know. But point being, I did uh, like very low weight squats. I did like uh, like 10 sets of five. Right. But it was very low weight. Uh, and. I, I was going to go even easier on myself and go, I'll just do fucking air squats, right? I'll just fucking warm right. that part of me up. I haven't done dedicated squats other than for, you know, funk picking up a box or something uh, in months. And so uh, I did like 10 sets of five, well, like some with a 25 and then some with a, there's a 40, like goblet, you know, squats. And then mm-hmm. I did 
uh, deadlifts which were always fun. Um, I had light weights, but then I was like, oh, this is too easy. I just, and I was, it was like not struggling. I was just like, here, let's go kind of mid midway, right? I had a couple bigger weights. And then I did, uh, a f- I don't know, five or six sets of swings. And I had a little bit of the jelly leg feel like during and after the workout, but I'm like, oh, well, I haven't done anything, whatever. And then I fucking, <laughs> I woke up the next day and by the end of the next day, my quads, like literally all the way down to my kneecaps were just like both numb and rock solid and in pain <laughs> right 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 like, okay uh but even and i was like i used the theragun right after the workout the first mm-hmm. day used it again the next day uh and every day but like still i was like all right i guess i just had to earn it back i guess even though i was trying to go easy on it i guess i should have just done like a couple sets of each and left it at that and <laughs> just like right seeing how it went but uh but my legs feel nice and strong and i feel much lighter now so um but excited to get back to that especially because i'll be walking and playing so much disc golf the next next week next nice little chunk yeah it's that balance of cardio and uh what's it called yeah strength training but yeah i just have the the 40 pound kettlebell and then the 15 pound yeah by my desk so again in between calls or if i'm just feeling a little sleepy i'm like okay i'll just do yeah some squats with one of them or the forearm you know with the bar and the rope uh or just some easy curls you know um but yeah just doing that for like even five minutes like wakes me wide up yeah right yeah, up. yeah. yeah uh, i just uh i would oh and that's why i said it because i was starting to get my left knee is the one that hurts if i'm it's starting to get overused or out or underused right so mm-hmm. i'm like i was like let's get back on uh, oh because it was pouring rain the other day so i was like right 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 this. so i was like you know uh couldn't go outside but um anyway i will I don't know. Maybe I'll do the same the same amount again, and hopefully it won't be as bad. But we'll see. Uh, probably not though, because I'm not gonna be able to do it for a week. But I might I might be using that hotel gym, which I actually got oh. into right before the pandemic too. When I was getting on the kettlebell train, I was using hotel gyms as I went to other weddings, <laughs> my wife's family. So um, tonight wanted to talk about because I happened to watch this on I think Friday. Uh, Travis Colon the true story of Travis Walton. So Travis Walton, of course, the guy that the movie fire in the sky is about. So he was abducted in, well, supposedly he was, he had a UFO contact incident in 1975, uh, obviously witnessed eyewitness by him and then witnessed by six of his fellow logging friends in a place called, I think it's snowflake, Arizona. Snow, yeah. Cause I kept thinking when they were like, Oh, the snowflakes, <laughs> but yeah, that's the town. Uh, but, uh, uh, we watched fire in the sky and covered it. I don't know, last year or sometime, I think. Um, and, uh, I had heard that, well, I'd heard him on like Joe Rogan and other things. And he was talking about the vast amount of differences and adaptation that the studio made because the script, the original treatment of the script was quote unquote, too boring by Mm -hmm. the executives. So, um, so the movie uh, you know, the, the series of events is fairly accurate, but of course the drama is played up. Uh, you know, uh, James Garner is the fucking sheriff that comes into town like immediately and is constantly accusatory of the, the loggers, you know, Travis Walton's friends, uh, for the five days that he is missing. Right. Cause for five days in this small town, they, they, they think that of course Travis was murdered by his friends or, he died and they're trying to cover up that they had something to do with it or whatever. Right. And right, so right. they're doing fucking, uh, you know, 
lie detector test, which in the in the movie they didn't want to do. Oh God, your fucking mic stand just fell off and scared me. Mine? But, oh, uh, that yeah, one. Oh, the, no, fit me where you are. Yeah. Um, Wait, did we watch this for Patreon? I know we did the um, the other movie. I don't remember watching this one though. I think we did Fire in the Sky. Because uh, I thought we I, did. Uh, unless I just watched it with Sarah, maybe that was. I it. think you just yeah. Because I don't remember watching this ever. Mm. Not well, obviously not this documentary, but the movie. No, but the movie either. Because I remember yeah, as yeah. a kid, it's scaring me, but I don't remember. Oh, maybe I, yeah, maybe we just talked about it on the show when I watched mm-hmm. it or something. Okay, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, the movie version is again the major beats of the movie are the same as what happened, but emotionally everything is changed so like the um uh well they cut out one of the loggers because uh it was like it was seven guys total and i don't know maybe it was hard to fit seven actors in the back of the fucking truck they're in or something i don't know but uh they kind of combined a couple characters but uh and like only two of the other guys or three of the other guys appear on travis the true story of travis walton mm-hmm. uh, and this is a documentary that's like he's in and helped produce and is like his side of the story, right? It's trying to be more like the, um, the, from the horse's mouth, you know, the eyewitness right. kind of thing. So, uh, but, um, yeah, they're out in the woods doing this logging contract. And, uh, of course in the movie, they're playing up all the guys, different personalities. There's one guy that, you know, fucks with them all the time and almost kills him, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the, like the, the, the light that he sees is, uh, that up until that point, it's pretty much the same. But the ship is, if you look at the uh, cover, you know, the thumbnail image of this of Travis, the true story of Travis Walton, that is more how the ship is described. It was like this beautiful, classic saucer-shaped craft with these gold, like bright gold metallic panels on it. And in the movie, uh, it's more of like they make the ship look more of like uh, almost like it's an organic asteroid. Like it's like, it's almost like pulsing and breathing with like lava cracks. It looks like it's made of rock and it's like, uh, uh, as if it's like cloaking itself or whatever. Right. But it's, it's very, it's very fucking, uh, post Ridley Scott's alien. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, all the, the HR dagger kind of shit. So, um, organic Gothic. Right. And, and, uh, uh, the beam is kind of weak looking in the movie. It's like super bright and electrical and sizzling and all this stuff in the, uh, in the in his real account and everything, um, they just kind of just looks like a flashlight in in the movie. But uh, in the movie, it's almost like Travis's character. He's played by DB Sweeney. Like Travis's character, like is is uh, is being, I don't know. Like he wants to go fuck with it or whatever. But uh, uh, there's a different vibe to it. And then mm-hmm. in the movie, it's beautiful, but they're also scared shitless. So Travis says he's like he's like i went out there because i wanted to get a better look at it so he's more like sneaking out there and they're they're saying like hey Trav, get the fuck back get back in the fucking truck and like freaking out right he gets close to it uh gets into the clearing where this thing is hovering over uh it blasts him with this beam of light he flies back like you know i don't know how many feet like flies back pretty hard and they say he like you know looked like a Look just like a rag doll, you know, completely <laughs> whatever. So, like all the bones going out of his body, um, and they all. So, what is still true is they all flip the fuck out because they think he's dead, and they right. fucking drive away. But in real life, uh, 
they come back like they only get about a quarter mile away and uh what is his name mike is his like it's like the um his like main friend he's closest to mike and mike is the guy that is managing the logging contract like he he owns relationships with these logging companies and he hired travis who was his friend in the crew which is like friends yeah. of the friend so um and he's in the documentary quite a bit and uh he, there was like in the movie they're showing all this like infighting where they're like no fuck that he's fucking dead man and then other ones are like no we're gonna go check on him and it's like no let's get the fuck out of here and blah 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 um, and uh, of course they have to you know make the drama much much more intense so right uh, but uh, so they go right back and uh, he is gone and that's really the impetus of this whole thing so he's gone after you know they go back and it's probably no less than or no more than you know five minutes afterwards and he's completely gone from the field, and so is the ship. So, right. Uh, <coughs> but uh, that's kind of the the, the main story, the base, and then of yeah. course, what happens after that, and so. then all the crazy, yeah. Because this documentary was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a bunch of old dudes like reliving the heyday of all this. Yes. Yeah. Very strange. And then I thought again, I'm like, am I? I'm bored. I'm like, and then the movie is over. I'm like, did I zone out? What did I miss? Like. They were talking about blue lights and they just kept talking about lie detectors, which no offense. I don't put a lot of faith or weight into those. Because right. <clears throat> again, well, the government they say even, they're like lie detectors detect stress levels, which right. can indicate when someone is struggling to answer a question truthfully, but that's like, you can also be about to shit your pants. You can also feel right. nauseated. You could be about to come. You could, yeah. you know, all these or things. shit your pants. Right. Um, <laughs> side note, I was because, <laughs> oh. uh, I shit my compression socks. I shit my pants. Yeah, I fill my compression socks with shit. Um, and I was like, oh, Joe has snubbed us again on me. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I just go ham and just make super raunchy ones. And I was oh, going to yeah, be like sure. um, the Will Smith one. And as he's slapping, just write my cum. <laughs> and then uh, what's it called? Chris keep Rock my, can be keep my fucking cum out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep my load at fucking yeah. That's a good one too. <laughs> uh, and then Chris Rock would just be the homeless man by Hole Fifteen at La Mirada who needed ten dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Jomez, <laughs> it's like, yeah, again, come and then yeah, and just yeah. be like. <laughs> <laughs> Super aggressive. Oh, come on, guys. Why aren't you posting all this content? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, big yeah, germs. I don't know why. I, have, me. I, feel, I feel like... It's got to be um, the name. Somehow that would be... Well, yeah, that too. But it's like I almost feel like that particular one seemed too controversial for them to post. Like they're trying to remain not family friendly, but not family unfriendly either. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, yeah. To, to, I, I still... Th- well, I, I thought the uh, Donnie Darko one had a shot. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure that was like perfect too yeah, yeah the will smith <laughs> one i kind of figured was no like i didn't assume that one but i was like god damn it this donnie yeah, darker one got a lot of a lot of action yeah so because uh, they do post way fucking dumber memes from people. oh yeah all the ones this week were basically dumb and no they did do the will smith one because someone it was funny someone did a follow flight of his hand oh <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well then all them were read anyway so yeah, well, yeah. um I guess uh, Jonathan Gomez, he didn't want to like have too many, you know, Will Smith memes. Yeah. You know? like or, that guy fucking know, talks or, like a pedophile. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's like they shared our story when we tagged it on ESPN. 
I was like, oh, so they're fine with that name. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And then no, not for meme of the week. Okay. Yeah. Go fucking Mr. <laughs> Creeper. Uh, I'm the captain now. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but uh, back to this, they do talk about speaking of weird pedophiles pre MUFON, that other organization. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was called like, uh, uh, was it APRO or something like that? Yeah, or it was some other it's something that UFO. like spelled out like uh ascend or like it wasn't it wasn't ascend, but it was something about like being up in the sky. Right, right, right. Uh but yes, exactly. Um that that because APRO was the one that the that lady started that was mm. uh and then she was also they they like she and her husband converted it into move on later. So Okay, yeah. Um because it definitely had a U in it. Yes. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, I, I found this to be um, slow and redundant, not in like they're repeating things. Well, redundant in that a lot of the guys on screen get to the point of something faster, but they let them keep talking. So it's more of like an editing problem. Like this, it was mm-hmm. like an hour and 20 minutes, and it could have been like a 45 minute documentary i think yeah um and hit just as hard which wasn't hitting hard that like it, like it, it was trying to i think by cheaply using like music swells and stuff like trying to get you to really feel something but also this isn't that kind of documentary too you know right so, um because also they barely focused on he mentions it but they didn't focus that much on the PTSD like talks about it. That's a big part, like a huge part of the movie, obviously. And, and of his book, um, that this is like, you know, kind of an expansion on about his own account. But, uh, uh, you know, he was considered shell shocked, you know, cause they didn't really say PTSD. Right. Right. And, uh, cause you know, trauma only happened to soldiers that saw death and killed people and stuff, you know, but, uh, back then it doesn't really go down that road enough to be like, Oh wow. What a crazy journey he's had. It's more like he says the same stuff that he says anywhere you see him talk, which isn't really his fault. Um, but, and is he dead now? Cause this all looked like older footage or some of this other people look newer, right? No, he's still alive. Um, okay. but they did, they did, uh, make an update cause this was released in 2015 and they heavily feature Stanton Friedman, who is the nuclear physicist turned, ufo researcher and he died in 2019 so at the very end they do a little tribute screen to mm-hmm. him um they're like thanks for you know for stan freeman for all of his work in the field uh and for contributing to this you know documentary blah 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 um but it, and it should you know he died in 2019 they show his, his date of death so they added it in later um but it was cool because i hadn't seen i've heard i mean i, I talk about stanton freeman all the time he's my guy he's really experiencer he was like a fucking god in the field because kind of like jacques valet or whoever like he's a super gnarly scientist that you know one of the few you know like valet and and friedman and you know whatever like are these super intense scientists but are very open-minded and trying to do what they all of the ufologists and know podcasts and stuff say to do now which is like hey if you're a real scientist you should be following the evidence which is what you know stan freeman says in this he's like a real scientist would follow the evidence where it leads not Mm -hmm. just cut things off because of emotional responses to people you think must be crazy because you don't believe something is ever possible to be true and blah 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 so um they get a little deep into uh like the disinformation campaign as well which i was like 
that's cool factoids. It seemed kind of like an ancient aliens episode at that point when right. they're talking about that guy, Philip class who, uh, was pretty much hired by the NSA to, um, smear Stanton Friedman and other people at the time, like back in the sixties and seventies. Right. And, uh, but I'm like, this is cool. But like, you know, I, I, he didn't seem, he went after Travis a little bit, but it doesn't, it didn't really seem to, it's kind of like, who cares? Like, like, yeah. like it's Stanton Friedman is a known like ufologist and researcher, right? It would kind of hurt his reputation technically, but, uh, Walton is an experiencer. And so, uh, and I don't, you know, it's, it's, you already, you, you got jail and Heineck coming out and talking to Travis and all this stuff too. It's like, it's like almost, they were trying to create drama and it's like, well, the story is dramatic enough. I think. Like right. A, it does its own thing. Yeah. So, um, definitely, definitely probably like 10 minutes of it that they didn't really need. I like mm-hmm. Stan Freeman's contributions to the rest of it, but, uh, where, where of course they're talking about at the time that the state of, you know, UFO abductees was like not, not even quite turning a corner into people believe it was still seen as you're crazy for the most part. Right. So, right. And then you get to the Reagan era, uh, era in era, era. in the eighties and all of that, all of the, you know, parapsychology research and the government, like all that shit goes away and everything is focused on, like the war on drugs and star Wars, the star Wars program and like all that kind of stuff. So, um, very different, uh, regime shift creating mm-hmm. what we, we see as classical, uh, conservative family values. And gee, but oddly Welcome. enough, my grandson is the greatest ghost hunter of all time on the travel channel. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, like it was, it was this, I felt, I guess, I guess if I described this documentary, it is meandering. Like it's right. not, there's no, there's no sense of anything really. Like it's, it's like, it's trying to be emotional at times. It's trying to play up the political scandal stuff at times. It's trying to play up the, um, uh, you know, it, I think where it falls flat is that all of the, the two or three guys, you know, my, like Mike, I guess is the most charismatic, but like the, the lanky dude they have at the very end that's walking around with him in the trees um, I think he's like the religious guy or something that's in the movie, but, uh, he looks like he barely knows where he is, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And, uh, and they're doing that awkward hug at the end because <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he's like, uh, they go out to the side of the clearing and, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, I came out here, you know, I camped out here a few nights afterward and. And uh, Travis is like, oh, that's not like you. And da, da, da. And, he's, and he's like, well, I've been drinking. He's like, it's not like you to drink. And, da, da, da. and it's like, you haven't like talked to this guy in like 35 Forever. years. Forever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, 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 I ain't saying you don't drink. Because <laughs> it's like, I never would have thought of me. Drink. He's not a man who takes a substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Travis, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would like him in real life. You know, like he seems, I don't know, like you want to like him. And he seems like a nice guy, but uh uh, clearly open-minded for that kind of guy, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's It also seemed, like I listened to the Joe Rogan episode that was in like 2021, and it was interesting, but it's it's he's one of those guys where the more I hear him talk, the more kind of casual and almost Hollywood he gets about it, which is very weird, so then it makes mm-hmm. me want to believe him less. Like, I believe him, but like, as the years have gone on and he's gotten more used to all this. And especially in the last, you know, five, 10 years when the UFO 
phenomena has become acceptable and mainstream, you know, thanks to right. shows like Ancient Aliens and dare I say probing Ancient Aliens, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, and now he's you. on the he's on all the convention circuits. I mean, he was for a long time too, but now those conventions are way bigger, make right. more money, um, and uh, actually relevant. It's like he's having like a Rodney Dangerfield style career, you know, right. where he's like super old, life, but now yeah. it's actually taking off. So, um, but uh, but yeah, he he. Uh, it's also tough, I think, because he has that intense red hair dye. I was going to say that gross reddish brown. Him and um, Bara must yes. go to the same uh, baker, uh, hairdresser. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to pay. For, I'm not going to pay for that mm. expensive gesture. Yeah. So I'll just get food coloring. You know, that's, yeah, that's what well. every bakery. Color red number 35. How do you think that brown gets into that bread? <laughs> he, what are you fucking idiot? You think bread <laughs> that's uh, yellow turns like a golden brown? Well, they fucking bronze at. Okay. Yeah. What are you fucking communist? <laughs> what are you? This guy has no neck. What is he doing? Right. He looks disgusting. If, if this fucking die is good enough for a hummingbird feeder, it's good enough for my fucking head. Okay. Hmm. Anti hummingbird? You think birds aren't real or some bullshit? Huh? You think they're run by the government? You actually think birds are real? You fucking <laughs> idiot. Oh, you think they're God. fucking living on condos on the moon? Yeah. You fucking idiot. You know what the uh, HOAs are there? Okay. It's 46 plurbigs. Okay. That's a, a Mars dollar. Okay. <laughs> and meanwhile, Travis. I have a PSD. Travis is seven years dead, a skeleton, like yeah. tied to a chair in the corner of the apartment bar shares with his brother. Yeah. And uh, bar just has like rope all around his hands yeah. and just like <laughs> a little bit of blood. Uh, for some reason, I was going to say fucking arcade cabinet, Street Fighter 2 in the background. Yeah. Going. <laughs> yeah. Stacks of stacks of corners. Because yeah, I came sick. Uh, I use 50 cent pieces because, you know, <laughs> whatever. 50 pence. Did I send you, I know I sent it to my brother and fart barf Josh, but it, I think I did send it to you guys where it was like, uh, the, the bowling alleys have no chill or something. And it was just like, or like when you get a strike and it was the JFK pins driving in the car and then a bowling ball pulling out a sniper rifle. <laughs> and no. Pulling the brains out of the bowling I don't <laughs> Let me see if I can find that again. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I believe him still because I do believe the other guys, at least like at the very least, I believe Mike who is on this documentary featured heavily, right? The other guys didn't, uh, didn't want to appear for whatever reason. I think one or two of them as, as they're trying to, cause he, he said this on Rogan, he's like, he's like, Oh yeah, the, the rights, he's like, there's finally stuff happening. Like the COVID stuff was delayed, but there's finally some movement on, uh, turning this documentary into the new basis for a Hollywood adaptation of a mm-hmm. right? so uh, to be more truthful or whatever. So okay, um, I just sent it to the account if you want to look at it. Oh, it cool. is insane. Um, but uh, but yeah, his 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 buddy Mike <laughs> seems legit. The now uh, the youngest member of the crew uh, is featured heavily here, and I will say heavily. He's part of the Metaverse. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's a, that's a guy, I think his name's Steven or something, but, mm-hmm. uh, he, I don't know. I could go either way with him. He seems, he basically was like, yeah, we didn't talk to Travis for years. I hated him for what happened because, because I mean, the cool thing is that it's consistent with most UFO report, uh, you know, post UFO reportees life, which is that their life gets worse afterwards. Like, right. Cause which, everyone which, comes down on them, calls them a liar, an idiot trying to get attention, which, which of course, you know, people have the stereotype for decades has been, Oh, they're just doing that to get attention and get fame. And it's like, but people, I mean, I guess Travis kind of did, but he 
kind of went through hell for a while too, right? For fucking decades of his life. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so Steven, I think his name, for, forgive me if it's wrong, but he was, he was, uh, you know, he's like, he, they're like, what made you talk to Travis again and forgive him? And he's like, yeah, my wife and kids, they said, you can't hate him and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he's missing some teeth. Travis is like at a diner with him and, uh, and then out at like a awkward table in front of a courthouse. Like the, where they are is very strange. Like I'm assuming they're walking around snowflake, they never do any of those like cool establishing establishing shots where they're like, Oh, this was the courthouse where it all happened. You know, like they're mm-hmm, just kind of mm-hmm. at, in front of weird buildings and shit like that. And, uh, so uh, o- overall, like a, a pretty amateurish editing job and just general shooting job, I think. But, uh, the content itself is, is fine. Like it just, it just could have been way shorter. Um, I sound like I'm yeah. wrapping up, but I'm not, but, um, no. Well, I mean, again, he, the whole time he's like, I, if I had to relive it all, I guess I'd, I'd do it again. Right. Doesn't he keep saying that? Like, no, he says at the or, end, he wishes it still never happened. Right. Okay. Like, okay. He wishes it never happened. So, um, cause even though he, now he, oh, that's what it was. Cause he's like, even though I realized it wasn't malevolent and whatever, just would it be better if it didn't happen? Right. Yeah. And cause I, now he's playing up. He doesn't want fame. Sorry. I got it flipped in my head. Yeah. No. And I, no, I, th- but I think when he was on Rogan, Mm. I think he says something like, you know, even till recently, I didn't want it to have happened. But now that I've come so far in my pants, uh, <laughs> no, uh, now, now that I've come so far in his like mental health and like all and how much it's helped people, he kind of thinks that that's, you know, it's a part of his life for a reason that he could talk to people and yada, yada. Because 2015, I'm sure he was at conventions, but they there weren't, you know, there wasn't an alien con back then. I mean, there were alien conventions, but they were still very fringe right so right uh even even back like early 2000s with penn and teller's bullshit like that whole episode on uh ufos and or the paranormal or something like that was like uh basically how about anyone that goes to these conventions are sad freaks who don't have friends right and, right, right. and their whole message was hey be kind to these people so they don't, don't turn know what they've been through and columbine yeah. fucking active shooters and things like that but um, but I mean, that was only the early two thousands and, and it's, you know, obviously, I mean, we, the hunkiest of hunks were at contact. So that's, that's telling yeah. you something. The, the noddest of losers, not losers. Right. <laughs> the normies have invaded. Um, should we start, um, a not tying club and call it not losers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll really help pass the time in diners when we're waiting yeah. for our food and we got the straw wrappers. Exactly. You know, so. Wrappers. We've got, you know, uh, gentlemen's ties. We've got nautical knots. Nooses. Yeah. Yeah. That's Matt's corner. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I figure this one out and I, I use this crazy dye and I just let it sit there. And, I, and when I say dye, I mean, I die. Exactly. <laughs> His account is disc dye and he yeah. himself after dying. One. I still said he should have made ding dong dyes as a I know. disc golf uh, dying account, yeah. but it's free. It's he's there. Too lazy. Yeah. Um, again, he, that's why he's going to hang out at the new section of, uh, oh, yeah. with the, with the black hole supply disc golf shop. Yeah. And act like he works there for people, mm-hmm. uh, but never actually commit to, doing that doing anything yeah and then <laughs> complain people, and say he makes money yes he'll give people the completely wrong advice because he still doesn't understand the flight right. characteristics of the, and the discs see the splice <laughs> will turn over right super flippy uh, discs. crazy <laughs> that's why you throw can... it with a tailwind because see it flips back down to the ground yeah right it's flippy <laughs> splices yeah <laughs> which these things are flat oh yeah 
I have the primal run, whatever one, that orange yeah. one. Um, and then, yeah, the, the mutant. It's like, everyone can have this beef. Big beef. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, the incident itself. So th- it is interesting because he he remembered many parts of it, but then the the lady that's on that I, I can't, I don't know, I don't even know if it identified what she did with him, but there's that lady that is like, you know, he was strictly asked, like, but it didn't say she was the hypnotherapist. Maybe she was, but you know, he was regressed and we knew that there was a lot of problems, you know, potentially with regression and things can be implanted. So I liked that They at least acknowledge that. Right. And she's like, but everything in there was the same, you know, bones of the story as he would say in his waking, uh, you know, hours, but you know, it was, uh, uh, just added th- that little extra context and, you know, spice in there. She didn't say spice, but you know what I mean? Like filled in beef basically. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, it was, his, his brain was covering it up, obviously if it was traumatic for him and, uh, but regression got it out again, a little iffy on that, but they say that he recounted it without regression. I guess the regression didn't happen for like weeks and weeks after, uh, he returned. So, um, but yeah, cut to, so the main, like the middle act of the movie is, well, the middle act of the movie is him coming back basically at the end of the second act. Sorry. It's all the legal shit in fire in the sky. And it's the entire, I mean, DB Sweeney who plays Travis is in the movie for like probably less than 30% of it, maybe less than 20% of it. Um, and cause then it's dealing with him having these horrible traumatic memories come back when he's like at a, you know a fucking birthday party or a comeback party or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like some maple syrup spills and he starts freaking out because he's, then he goes back to like the, the goo on the table that they like shove down his throat and like all this weird shit. So like, uh, I mean the, the movie is, and everyone that's seen it, it's like insane because when he wakes up, uh, on the table and they're doing all this shit or sorry, uh, he wakes up in like a fucking holding cell in like all of this goo and gets out busts through this like disgusting membrane uh that is the wall and when he busts out of it he's in zero g so somehow there was artificial gravity in right. the membrane okay he then like goes into an like the the cell next door and literally like like shove he like trips and shoves his hand through the rotting corpse of a human body <laughs> like yeah. fucking disgusting like they make it horrific like it makes for a great movie but they completely change the entire nature of what happened so right right because again uh, people are like this is a true story this this guy was in this fucking crazy cover it's based on a true story and so well just uh, like leather faces and all these things even though it's like that's based on ed gein exactly didn't have a chainsaw or anything you know yeah and uh and so uh they they catch him like trying to escape or whatever oh he sees like a whole pile of like baby shoes and uh children's books just making these things into fucking QAnon, you know, Q Q tubers wet dreams basically. Right. Like, these are the reptilian fucking evil aliens. And so uh in reality what he describes is that he and he he only remembers about two, what he thinks is two hours out of being gone for five days. And the kicker is is that when he was found at a gas station phone booth down the road from town, uh he did have five days of beard growth, right? So he was, oh, right. he was like a stubbly, yeah, and lost ten pounds. He hadn't eaten or anything, uh, apparently. But um, uh, when he wakes up, 
uh, in the craft. He wakes up on the ta- like an operating table style thing. There's a really bright light. He can't seem to focus his eyes. He sees what look like classic gray aliens around him. There's three of them. And one of them, one of them has kind of like a glass or metal looking tube, like a wand or something. And he just reacts and freaks out, gets up off the table because he's not tied down. He's not restrained. He shoves one of them and he says they felt like an extremely frail child, like they were super light, like no, nothing to him. And Mm -hmm. he grabs one of those tubes and is trying to break it so that he can have a sharp object to defend himself. They literally just run out of the room, the three, uh, you know, ETs. And after he, he runs out the other way down the same hallway, it's like a T T split. And he goes in this big room where he says he could see basically see through the wall where he could see stars everywhere, but there was just a chair in the room mm-hmm. in the middle of the room. What he saw and knew it was a chair. And then, then enters in the room, a blonde human looking, very tall, blonde human looking male who has like a bubble helmet on. Right. And so, uh, he wonders to this day, are are these multiple races of aliens or did they simply take a more you know pleasing form, as one says, uh, so that he wouldn't freak the fuck out again. Right. So. Right. Uh, and this 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 being grabs him by the arm and leads him uh, back down uh, to another part of the ship to a larger room where there's another few aliens like him that are blonde humans. They don't have helmets on. And he tells them, like, we mean you no harm. Uh, and uh, basically, I think, I can't remember, like, the way he describes it, they, they, he can see space outside of this room again, like the other room. Mm-hmm. And then that's basically what he remembers. And then he wakes up at the gas station. And he, but he remembers seeing the craft about 30 feet overhead and then flying away when he wakes up, which they do right. not put in the movie. He's just like, cat, he, he like called, uh, his friend Mike in the movie, uh, played by uh, Terminator 2's Robert uh, Patrick, uh, who does a good job in the movie. He's, he's a good actor, but um, uh, calls him out of kind of muscle memory, tells him where he is. They pick him up, and then we have this whole third act with his like PTSD. Uh, still, the, the, de- the detective, which is completely made up uh, character, is harping on them, you know, just representing the law, harping on them to take these lie detector tests, which in reality, they'd all, they were happy to take the lie detector tests. Right. Uh, the youngest dude was scared to take it, but, uh, oh, and that was it too. I forgot. They spent a lot of time with the lie detector guy, uh, with mm-hmm. the guy that did it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, Steve's going to love this guy. Cause he talks like this now, really old guy and da da da. And it's just like, that's one of those, one of those perfect, those exact examples where I'm like, okay, we get it. We've had, he's, he's on his talking head moment. There's like eight of them. I was going to say, they keep going back to this lie detector thing. It's like, I don't fucking care. Like, as if they're banking on an audience in 2015 thinking, oh, lie detectors, foolproof. It's like, no, nobody cares about those anymore. So, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's back. He, he is, he is experiencing, uh, scary memories, but also, and he said it was horrible. Like, it was super, because he has no clue. He felt very violated, weird, whatever. But he, he started to realize after the regression therapy that he, he could live again. And he think now that he could basically see his own memory more clearly, he realizes they were likely trying to help him. So that's kind of the cool thing is that he believes that not only were they not malevolent, but, uh, that they, they kind of felt like they fucked up. Like Mm -hmm. they, they zapped him, but that it actually, he thinks he actually died. Like that the blast of energy killed his body. 
Right. And so they immediately brought him up to revive him. And that's why he was, they brought him up. Otherwise they probably would have just left him there. Right. Um, Not cared. And, so they're uh, nice. They saved his life. Right. That's, that's, that's what he thinks because right. he's like, they could have killed me at any time, you know, while I was up there <laughs> and they didn't torture him. He didn't wake up probed or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and they seemed at least neutral, if not polite to him, you know? So, uh, anyway, it is interesting though, because I do, that does make me wonder, like if the only kind of hole in that story is his little butthole. No, yeah. is, 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 Monica Lewinsky was a dry hole. <laughs> uh, was if, don't they know the capabilities of their own ship? Like if they, cause he was clearly the only thing in that clearing, there was some trees around, but he was in a clearing. And so, like, they're like, were they trying to just shine a light on him and accidentally killed him? Like, that's that's, that's the <laughs> oh, kind of we hit the blaster. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you're wrong button, Jim, uh, <laughs> Jim Zorp, I guess. <laughs> but uh, well, it's kind of uh, like that movie where the Martians have to get the shit, and then that's what is all the energy oh, to save. Oh yes, the... yeah, yeah. God, what, what is was that, that movie? Uh, we should watch that for a Patreon. That is a good one. Yeah, I saw like the last four minutes of that. Uh, at a hotel room, I think on one of those wedding trips that I've been to in the last two years. Uh, it's like Mars Crew or something. No, it's, it's like something. Little Martians or something. Yeah. Or because one something. of them, ha- one of them is basically imitating Jack Nicholson, and he has the aviator glasses. Yeah. And What's the, going the, on? Yeah, it's like Robert Patterson. <laughs> not Patterson. Who's the military guy? Who uh, like? Oh, uh, Patton. 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 Yeah. And then yeah, and slash yeah, Nicholson. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying Nicholas, uh, the Gulf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Their ship fucking runs on sewage or something. Like or that. like something happens and they like dump like they the the because they're messing with farmers and stuff and they're trying to get their ship going, and then I think they like dump their shit as like an airplane would and it like coats the farmland and makes everything grow or something. Oh, like that's that. yeah, it's like fertilizer. Right, fertilizer right. In space. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Hmm. Growing green Martian, the Martian, the Martian. God damn it. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, that dickhead grows his own shit. Yes. I literally put 80s movie, not fucking Martian here. Anyway, we could we'll find it. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good one for like next month. Um but uh anyway, um his regression helped him understand that it was likely at least not malevolent, and then over time as he's gone back and he's like, I meditated on it and this and that. And he's like, he's, he's come to terms with it, that they were probably trying to help. But again, it does not, it that's, it is a little dicey. Cause I'm like, why would they have blasted something knowing it could, you know, like, it's not like they obviously were here. Oh, spaced invaders, spaced invaders. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at the cover god i i I think black hole is just gonna make this shirt straight up for probing like just straight bootleg this thing the uh like the film cover yeah oh wow it's like them on like a surfboard (laughs) but it's a rocket rocket. and they're all like weird character (laughs) aliens earth will never be the same oh they're hip they're hilarious (laughs) (laughs) or maybe have josh like redraw this in some way yeah yeah Oh, that's right. Because like their captain is like a big spoil sport, you know, uh, kind of fucking square, and everything is like annoying to all of them and stuff. And then yeah, okay, yeah. Because this other one has a rocket going through the planet, and they're just standing on top of it. Uh, oh, here's I the think... Blu-ray. The Blu-ray cover is very different. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to start collecting Space Invaders. Uh, Royal Dano. I wonder if they're related to Paul Dano, the sister, or something. 
uh, recently playing the Riddler in the Batman. Dim-witted Martians drop into Little Illinois Town on the day that the local radio station. On the day that the local radio station, and then it just cuts off. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um. But uh, oh, there's a puppet. Zero dollars on Hollywood History Online. Uh, anyway. Um. But yeah, a little, a little, a kind of a plot hole in the whole thing that I have not heard. I've listened to many podcasts where they've covered Fire in the Sky or, you know, his book or whatever, right? And they never, mm-hmm. they never ask, like, why did they fucking blast him in the first place if they even thought it was, if they were benevolent and they blasted him enough to that they revived him or at least helped him heal for a little bit, like, why would they have blasted him in the first place? You know, like, right, right, right. Was it try? Was it gonna? Was it supposed to knock him out? And they went, oh, like you know, like you were saying, like, oh, we put the setting up too high or something like that. But very weird. Um, also, but that does go, that does go back into like John Keel's theory that a these are not advanced extraterrestrials; they are ultra terrestrials or you know incorporeal beings of the earth that are taking form so that we, they can fuck with us or interact with us or have fun with us or be nice to us or whatever. Right. Interact with us in some way, but also that they are, they are not any smarter necessarily than we are, uh, or they're at least not genius level that a, a hyper advanced spacefaring civilization would be. Right. And, and so be maybe, flawless and so maybe it was them taking the idea, you know, the co-creation like, Oh, we'll take the form of, a UFO and alien tonight and fuck with this guy. Let's, 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 uh, you know, let's, let's beam him up. Like he's seen in movies or something like that. And then they accidentally fucking kill him and then bring him up and help him. You know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, uh, cause there's so many of these stories where the aliens seem like they're, or when they, they communicate, they seem like they're like children's costumes of what an alien should be, you know, like doing bad impressions or something like that, or like a clown version of, a wolf man or an alien or things like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't happen too much anymore, but that's also because our pop culture, which is our biggest influence has gotten much more refined and usually sinister with CG and better animatronics. And you know what I mean? Whereas back in the day, the shit in movies was very goofy. And if that's the pop culture in your mind that they're pulling the information from, then maybe they're going to be making goofy things too. Cause they're just kind of reading right. raw data from your reading head. the room. You know, yes. Uh, oh, he likes, uh, what if it rips magazine? Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it should just be a bunch of ripped assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that like buff dudes or just torn no, up just, assholes? Just like, you know, humongous human size ripped, uh, yeah. rectums. Um, <laughs> ripped them, ripped them. But, uh, yeah. So the, the, all the shit in the trailer of fire in the sky, which I think more, a lot of people have seen fire in the sky. It's kind of like a cult classic, but, uh, people remember the trailer more than the movie, which is the needle going into the eye scene that the trailer ends with where it, and it cuts and spoiler alert, it never hits his eye. He like jumps off the table or something right before. Mm-hmm. It happens. So, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, the movie is, is way darker. Not that his real story wasn't dark, just enough, like just, you know, with the trauma being enough to make it dark, but, um, much darker and made it basically a horror movie, but also, it's a horror movie for probably the 10 or 12 minutes of flashbacks that we see him in the craft dealing with mm-hmm. these horrifically malevolent aliens. And, uh, uh, the rest of it is mostly a small town, like a story of a small town. And when something fant- fantastical happens in a small town and how people choose sides, uh, 
Mike's wife in the movie literally like leaves him over it and like shit like that. Like it's all right. all of this human drama that is very spiced up by the studios in the early nineties. So, um, and it ends with him being kind of okay and married to Mike's sister, which was like always his dream or something in the movie that does not happen in the in real life. Uh, and, uh, it kind of ends on a note where it's like, you know, to this day, Travis, you know, still has memories of this and blah, 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 blah trauma. And, and then it just talks about like statistics of how many people are, you know, abducted every year. Right. 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 Blah, 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 and, Oh, that's what this one did too. Like, yeah, I was going to say this one does like, there's so many people viewing and seeing people a year report being abducted or having UFO encounters. Uh, it is thought that only one in 10 of people report their UFO. Right, right, right. Oh, there's been 90,000 since. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, we're there at sky high disc golf course at the end of the the movie here. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that is, that's the coolest part about, this uh whole incident is that that clearing of trees has been studied multiple times by scientists and only in that clearing are the tree rings on the trees uh widening thicker and wider uh than uh the years before when they got blasted by radiation Mm -hmm. and all of the trees are only thickening and whitening widening uh in a because they're in kind of a, a rough circular pattern around the clearing they're all growing towards the center of the clearing which is very right. strange so if anything happened at all it is at least true that some sort of large radiation spike happened in that clearing uh the night that travis was there right that's the only kind of fact that we know um which would also be in line with almost all other as we're seeing it on uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, as we cover on Hungry for Skinwalker Ranch, there seems to always be large spikes of radiation and/or energy with paranormal incidents. Stuff. Right. So, did you feel like because you you haven't seen Fire in the Sky or you haven't seen it for a long time? No, I again as a kid, it was always traumatic Too commercials, yeah. and then again, you, I you think we fine t- with it. Like, oh, I'm, sure, I'm by, sh- yeah. totally sure, but yeah, I'm still a Skinwalker boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, watching it now would be fine. Yeah, but, and, uh, and I just haven't be, had the desire to go watch it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be fun at least to see how bombastic it seems compared right. to seeing this. <laughs> while it's yeah. Where right. they're just kind of all old dudes like, oh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was wild. I, I think that's part of it, too, is like, uh, oh, I forgot. They, they at least had Richard Dolan uh, in this. Oh, yeah. Long hair uh, Dolan, too, because he like looks a little almost, crusty. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they almost pitched his voice up. Or something. He's really talking like this, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. and you have to understand it. But I mean, I think maybe he was just charged up, and it was he was yeah, little, yeah. maybe it was you know earlier like, days, eight, eight, nine, ten years ago when they shot this. So yeah, um, or like you said, some of it seems older, or they just had really shitty cameras, like a but no budget for this or yeah. something. But because uh, I feel like this could have been shot on a '90s era. Uh, uh, oh my god, I did the fucking JFK thing. <laughs> era, uh, a '90s era JVC like candy camcorder. Cam. Like, because it, 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 it at least was in 16 by 9 ratio, but it did not look very high def. <laughs> uh, you know, there was no tracking lines on the screen. You didn't have to adjust your tracking lines for your porn, but uh, right. very low quality looking in general. And uh, uh, seems like seems like he talked to uh, what's her name? Jennifer Stein or met like met Jennifer Stein, the director at a convention 
Mm-hmm. And he liked her and decided he wanted to like, you know, she said, oh, I'm a director. He said, oh, let's, let's, I want to tell my true story. And she probably, yeah, did I'm an too. erector. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else has she directed? Uh-huh. Jennifer Stein is known for Travis. The uh, true story of Travis Walton. Move on insider. All things UFO 2019 and alien abduction. A true story. So she makes very low rent, low budget alien uh, documentaries. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, interesting. But uh, yeah, it's it's never need to watch this again. Uh, and I feel I guess what I'm the most bummed about is that I learned almost nothing. I learned nothing new other than the Philip class stuff, which I don't really care about. Yeah, I learned nothing new after hearing four or five podcasts cover uh, fire in the sky or the Travis Walton UFO incident. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you don't, if you've only seen fire in the sky, this is kind of the best thing you got to hear. You either can read his book, which was written right, you know, a few years after the incident, or this is the newest piece of content other than podcasts he's been on uh, where you're going to get the whole story. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it is on Amazon Prime video it is free with ads because of the imdb app which i guess assume i guess assume you could probably watch it on imdb as well on the website right 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 uh so yeah at least you're not at least you're not uh paying an arm and a leg like was found in the movie version of fire in the sky and some of those those meat cells um yes but, uh, but uh it also even at even at an hour 20 and a little slow it doesn't you know waste a lot of your time either so um I get. I guess that would be my recommendation. If you have, if you have seen Fire in the Sky, but want to know the real story, watch. Yeah. This. But also, if you're listening to this, you know all of the facts that you would care about in this. So <laughs> yeah. maybe don't much, but uh, yeah, don't also, worry too much about it. You should look at his uh, uh, the Travis Walton UFO incident entry on Wikipedia because the picture where he's in front of a saucer Los Angeles booth. Uh, mm-hmm. It has their dumb little alien with the, a cap on, like right at his crotch level. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because he's acting like it's not a weird picture. He's just doing a normal, sincere right. thing. But anyway, um, I think, I don't know, anything else to add to this? I think we covered it all. No, I think that's that's the hits. Yeah. It's uh, the hits on this one, Mike. Hits, hits. Come on in. Uh, well, cool. I am going to now pack and do a bunch of stuff to help my wife because we're getting up at uh, 5 a.m. tomorrow. To oh, tomorrow is okay. I thought you were leaving Thursday, not Wednesday. Holy and I thought, shit! And then I was like, oh shit, we have to record tomorrow. When I was telling you this yesterday, because we leave yeah. Wednesday morning. Not okay, Thursday. Wednesday. Morning. So, I, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yes. Thank you for taking the time here. The Patreons, thank you, Joey. Yes. Have a safe trip. Thank you, and I'll see you. Uh, we'll post up. Um, I'm probably not going to bring my laptop. So I might, I might give you the login for SoundCloud or something uh, so you can post an app. But, but I can obviously, I don't know, maybe I'll I don't know if I have the apps. Right. That's what I'm saying. I can forward an email or I can make sure and download a, a Patreon peak and uh, and send it over. But uh, I also could probably do it from my phone. I think they encourage you to do it. But uh, we will see. Yeah. Uh, just let me know whatever I need. To. So I'll figure it okay. out. Cool. All well, right. Thank you always for your support, uh, our beloved patrons. Uh, thank you for your first Galactic Daddy Month, Velocirex, and uh, fuck Andy something was the other guy. I can't remember. Fuck Andy. Yes. Uh, other than that, bye. Bye.